0: Would you pray with me, please? Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still that we might hear from you. Amen. And then God blessed the human beings and said, fill the earth and care for it. This is Genesis Chapter 1. After creating the earth and all herein, God created human beings and tasked us with the awesome responsibility of caring for it. We tend to hear such language and then immediately conceive of caring for or stewarding, or overseeing as being descriptive of our responsibility for, say, plants and wildlife, or for animals and ecosystems, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And please hear me loud and clear when I say, it is that. It is absolutely that. But it is so much more than that. For you see, the human mandate in Genesis chapter 1, that is, the call to care for creation, this mandate extends far beyond the cultivation of physical resources. For it also includes the exercising of our imaginations and the establishment of all new realities. Which is to say, when we as human beings are properly living into our God-given vocations as caretakers, we are then actively unfurling possibilities that are latent within creation. Or to put that differently and slightly more simply, when we are living into our human vocation as caretakers, we are taking our own unique God given gifts and talents and skills and passions, which we all have, and we are using these to bring forth further goodness out of and into the world. As caretakers, we are called to be unfurlers. As caretakers, we are called to bring forth latent possibilities within creation. Enough on that for now. Our gospel lesson for today is a familiar one. It's the parable of the talents, the parable of the landowner who goes away and leaves three of his servants with differing numbers of talents, that is, with varying amounts of money, and trusting each one to steward his or her financial gift in such a way that the original investment will grow. And one servant is given five talents, and one servant is given two talents, and one servant is given a single talent. And while the first two servants invest their talents in such a way that the original investment doubles upon the landowner's return, the third servant merely hides his talent away, does nothing with it. And when the landowner finally returns, he's pleased with the investment of the first and the second servants, but he is displeased with the decision of the third servant, who chose not to invest that which had been given to him. Again, it's a very familiar parable, and we won't spend long unpacking it today. Instead, we will use it merely to underscore its main point, which is that the talents we have been given That which we have been given, we are expected to use. Which leads me back to Genesis chapter 1. The human vocation in Genesis chapter 1 is not to sit around and with warm hearts and with reverence for God, merely admire the goodness of creation. The human vocation in Genesis chapter 1 is not to be complacent with what God has supplied and to look upon the world as merely the setting in which we are to pray and to be pious. Genesis chapter 1 does not record God as saying, it is perfect. Instead, Genesis chapter 1 records God as simply saying, it is very good. And thus human beings in Genesis chapter 1 are the ones who are tasked with maintaining this very good creation. And not only that, but tasked with making that which is very good even better. That is what God means when God calls human beings, calls us to be caretakers of it. Take that which is very good and make it even better. Leading us back to the parable of the talents. Here, as we said before, a talent in this context refers to a unit of money, not to a unique gifting as we tend to think of talent. But that said, though, the principle of the parable is just as apt if we take talent to mean talent as we use the term, as a unique gift something we're good at, something that comes naturally to us. And so that's the way that I want for us to approach this parable today. For like in the parable, we have all been given various talents. And like the servants, we are all expected to use them to use them to unfurl the magnificent possibilities that are always latent within creation. To use them to take that which is very good and make it just a little bit better. So it's not enough then just to have a pretty voice if we do, and God knows I don't, we are to bring forth more beauty in the world by sharing our song with others. So it is not enough then to be a gifted designer. If we are, then we are to design things that bespeak and that point others toward the grandeur of God. So it is not enough then to be technologically savvy. If we are, we are to harness cutting-edge developments and direct them toward making the world a more just and humane place. I could, of course, go on and on and on. The point here isn't the nature of the talent or how many talents any individual might have. Instead, the point is to recall what we collectively as humankind are given talents by God for. We are given these talents so as to care for creation. So as to unfurl it. So as to bring forth its latent possibilities. So as to make that which is very good even better. That, dear family, is the gift of a talent. It takes that which currently is and makes it into that which it could, in fact, be. Now, this must be said, we have a very reduced and distorted understanding of talent in our sinful, fallen world. Yes, in a very good world that is daily frustrated by sin and evil, we thus tend to limit our recognition of talent to those things that draw large-scale celebration, like, say, elite athleticism or musical virtuosity, like artistic genius or staggering intellect, And then from there, we tend to conceive of a talent's impact as merely the degree to which and the quickness with which a talent can reach a mass audience. That's how we tend to think of talent in our broken, fallen world. But this, dear family, is not what Genesis 1 calls us to as caretakers. Genesis 1 does not imply that we are all supposed to be Beethovens or Rembrandts, Michael Jordans or Albert Einsteins. Nor does Genesis 1 imply that our talent's impact is supposed to be like unto the unveiling of the first iPhone or the release of a Taylor Swift album. No, when the vast majority of us use our God-given talents to unfurl latent possibilities in this very good creation, for most of us, it usually looks more like cooking a fine meal and inviting friends to come eat and enjoy. It usually looks more like tending a garden and sharing some of the vegetables with friends or family or food banks. It usually looks more like singing in a choir or joining a writer's group. It usually looks more like joining a home build or signing up to volunteer for something we're really passionate about. It usually looks like all of these simple, quiet things and countless others just like them, each one of them predicated upon taking that which currently is And through the application of one's talent, making the world around us just a little bit better. Just a little bit. This, dear family, is caretaking. This is living into our human vocation. In the book of Acts, the apostle... Peter is moving from town to town sharing the good news of Jesus' resurrection and his coming kingdom when in chapter 9, he enters the coastal town of Joppa where he's immediately approached by two men who tell him that a believer named Tabitha has recently passed away. A woman who, according to the text, quote, was devoted to good works and to acts of charity. And according to the text when Peter arrives at the house where Tabitha now lies dead in an upstairs room quote widows stood weeping over her and showing Peter various tunics and clothing that Tabitha had made for her now what soon happens in this story is that Peter prays over Tabitha and she is resuscitated coming back to life before their very eyes. And this is remarkable, no doubt. But I bring up this story of Tabitha today, not so as to talk about the miraculous resuscitation, but rather in order to highlight what Acts tells us about her nature And to point out what Acts tells us these grieving widows did in order to impress upon Peter how special Tabitha was. My point here being this, that on account of these details, many scholars believe that Tabitha was so special in this community, was so special as to warrant Christian disciples who were living in her area to seek the Apostle Peter out because of the way that Tabitha had used her natural talent as a seamstress to care for those in her community. She was devoted to good works and to charity, the text says, and thus the widows upon her death as they grieved held up tunics and clothing that she had made for them, saying, See, see, do you follow Small, simple, unassuming talent. A no doubt modest number of tunics and garments made, but a stronger community on that account, and thus a world slightly better than it was before. The gift of a talent, the power of caretaking. This is the second in our three-part sermon series on the power of giving. The first sermon was on the power of a gift of time. And today, of course, we now consider the power of a gift of talent. Dear family, when we use our talents, that is, when we invest these things entrusted to us, rather than simply take them for granted... In so doing we are not only exercising that which God has given to us which we are but we are in fact living into our responsibility as caretakers of creation. We are being most fully human when we share of our talents. You see we don't have to be farmers to steward creation. As we often think, we don't have to be zoologists to steward creation. We don't have to be policy shapers or global planners to steward creation. All we have to do to steward creation is faithfully put to use whatever talents God has entrusted to us. For, dear family, no talent is too simple and no act is too small for creation to be further unfurled on account of our having used it. On account of our having invested it. Tabitha sewed close. And because she did, a very good world was made just a little bit better. So much so that it was recorded for posterity in the gospel of our Lord. That's how powerful that small act was. Well, we too can sew clothes. Which is to say we too can use whatever simple small talents we happen to possess and through them make this world a slightly better place. We really can. We really can. So as we prayerfully consider what we might give this coming year to help build God's kingdom together, let us all consider along with our gifts of time, what gifts of talent we might be able to give, knowing that through such gifts, we are not only making the world a better place, but by making the world a better place, knowing that we are becoming more fully the humans that we were always intended to be. Yes, the gift of talent, which is the gift of filling the earth and taking care of it to which all God's people said, Amen.